the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseya Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of the Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better, live life better, and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Great. Praise the Lord. A very blessed evening to you once again. It's, it's a joy always, like I say, to come your way, to fellowship with you in your home, in your offices, wherever you may be, in the word of God. The Bible said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. The same way we eat, need to eat daily physical food to survive, much more must we live daily on the word of God. So it, it's a privilege and an opportunity I don't take for granted at all to come into your homes, come into your offices, your 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 living rooms to share with you God's word. It's always a joy. And I want to thank you once again for being part of our broadcast all the time. If you are new to our YouTube channel, I want to encourage you that you subscribe and you click all notifications so that you'll always be prompted when we are on. Again, if you're also on Facebook, it's a great time to start a watch party to share the link with as many people as possible so they can be blessed. We are going to continue our teaching series that we've been on for the past weeks now, and I would want you to pray with me as we get into God's word. Shall we bow our heads as we get into prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you once again for this privilege. We don't take for granted at all to be blessed and to be touched by your life-transforming, life-giving, life-changing word. In this service, Spirit of God, I ask that you help me like you always do. Grant me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, and bring understanding to every hearer now or maybe watching it thereafter. I thank you and I bless you that I have access to revelation. I have access to wisdom. I have access to new knowledge that will be a blessing and life-changing for your people. I thank you and I give you praise that you have always been around as my helper. Thank you for today also. In Jesus' much less name, amen. It's a blessing. Let's. We've been doing a teaching series. We broadly caption followers of God, and I'm sure that by now, the text which we'll be using, Ephesians chapter five verse one, is a text that may be a memory verse for you by now. It says, "Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children." Life is such that you end up following something. Everybody in life is following something. The question you want to ask, am I following the right thing? What I'm following, is it life-changing? What I'm following, has it got eternal value? That's why we need to always evaluate our lives. And one of the things we need to constantly evaluate is the kind of person we are following or the kind of people who influence our lives. When you are following somebody, you are simply giving the person an opportunity to influence your life. 
And influence is powerful. People can influence you for good or for the bad. And I pray that you allow yourself to be influenced in a positive way. But you see, when you follow God, you, it, it is the greatest influence you can ever get because following God brings an influence on every area of your life, on your spiritual life, on your relational life, on your professional life, in every area of your life, following God imparts it. And that's why I know that as we learn to follow him and follow him well, not only are we going to be uh, greatly blessed in our lives on earth, but in eternity, we are also going to be greatly blessed as well. So, we see in Matthew chapter 14 an account where Jesus, Matthew 14, 22, the Bible said, and Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him onto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. This is a very important account. Jesus addresses his disciples and he tells them, he forces them literally to get into a ship and go ahead of him. While on the other hand, a bunch of people, a great deal of multitudes, Jesus sent them away. And we said that Jesus had to force them like we translated it in the Greek. It means to force, it means to constrain, it means to threaten. That's what Jesus did. Jesus simply threatened them that, hey, you followers, disciples, get into the ship, whether you like it or not, get into the ship and then move to the other side because you are important to me. And upon reflection, realize that Jesus did not just ask them to do so for nothing. He had a reason to do so. They, they, they had demonstrated certain traits, certain characteristic traits that was useful, that set them apart from the multitudes. That's why Jesus gave them one instruction and then he gave another instruction to the multitudes. So we started exploring what attributes these people who were called disciples or followers possess. And number one, we said that the disciples, Jesus had to constrain them and ask them to go that way because they were decisive. God is excited working with decisive people. Many of us, sometimes we live our lives and we are stagnated because we are indecisive. We are indecisive on what to do with our lives, what to do with our money, what to do with our time, what to do with the certain relationships that are not adding value to our lives. As long as we live in the valley of indecision, we are never ever going to get the best of God. God wants you to be single-minded. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. He said, Martha, you are worried about many things. One thing is needful. David said, one thing I've desired of the Lord. People who are decisive commit themselves, their energy, their resources to one particular cause and they pursue it until they get the full resource out of it. I pray that you will live a decisive life. And then of course, we said that disciples, last week when we started the second attribute, we said that the disciples or the followers were constrained because they were deep. They were deep in their relationship with God. The Bible said deep collect unto the deep. At the noise of the water sprouts. He said, they that go down to the sea in ships, that do business in great waters, these are they that see the works of God and his wonders in the deep. So if you are going to experience the wonders of God in our lives, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our ministries, we need to learn to go deeper with God. And I pray that in this season, you will learn to go deeper with God. If you believe it, go ahead and type an amen. So we said that, Walking in a deep fellowship with God is primary in our walk with God. When Jesus called his disciples, he called them to be with him first. So among many things, we said that 
As a matter of priority, our relationship with God must always precede our responsibility for God. We say that the quality of our work for God is what influences the quality of our worship of God is what influences the quality of our work for God. If our worship of God is tight, our work for him will also be full of energy, will be full of zeal, will be full of excitement, and will be done with cheerfulness. And I pray that you serve God out of cheerfulness. Then we began exploring the fact that there was a woman in the scriptures who was a deep follower. This woman was such a deep follower. The disciples of Christ were there. But looking at the life of this woman, you realize that she is a quintessential example of a deep follower of Christ. What was her name? Her name was Mary Magdalene. And we walked through you through the various aspects, how this woman encountered Christ, the kind of background she had. She was not particularly from a very good background. She started her life in immorality. She lived a very bad life, as you may want to call it. But when she encountered Christ, everything changed. Isn't it not amazing that no matter how far a man can go deep in sin, one encounter with Jesus makes a difference all through. The Bible said, if any man be in Christ, his new creature, all things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Today, we want to go a step further and explore this amazing woman's life and to draw lessons from her to see certain traits, certain unique attributes and characteristics that deep followers of God exhibit. This woman exhibited at least five of such characteristics. There could be more. But for sake of time and all others, we are zeroing in on five unique attributes this woman demonstrated. The first attribute this woman demonstrated is the fact that deep followers of God, which we need to learn and embrace, is the fact that deep followers of God accept, understand, appreciate very much what God has accomplished for them through Christ. When you look at the life of Mary Magdalene, you realize that she was a very grateful woman. Everything she did for God was born out of gratitude. She was so grateful. She, she was deeply in love with God. Nothing could quench her love for God. Nothing could stop her from doing anything that God placed on her heart for God. Why? Because she was grateful. Grateful Christians serve God differently. Christians who are grateful for what God has done for them, it shows in their commitment, it shows in their giving, it shows in their dedication, it shows in their service. They serve God not out of obligation. They serve God not out of duty. They serve God out of love. They serve God out of joy. They serve God out of a deep sense of appreciation and gratitude. That was Mary Magdalene. I told you last week about the background she had. This was a woman that was almost an outcast, a prostitute, a woman that was like a town's girl. Everybody knew her. When her name is mentioned, the, the guys, when the guys gathered and her name was mentioned, it was full of laughter because she was, she was a byword and a proverb. She was living a life of whoredom. Nobody really cared about her. Household name, when it came to women of the streets, women of the night, that was her destiny. But when she encountered Jesus, at a time nobody would identify with her. At a time she could not identify with the religious elite of the time. Jesus actually embraced her. Jesus allowed her to, have, to share fellowship with her, with him. To the extent that the Pharisees were actually angry. 
That kind of acceptance she never found anywhere. That kind of love she had never, she had dated men, she had slept with men, she had been exposed to different kinds of men, but none of them had given her unconditional love, unconditional acceptance, unconditional uh, love the way Jesus did. So she was deeply, deeply, deeply grateful. She was loving God because she realized she had first been loved. Are you that grateful to God? Are you appreciative of what God has done for you through Christ? Are you appreciative that without Christ you were bound for hell? Are you appreciative that the reason why you have hope in this life is because Jesus is your Lord? Are you appreciative that the reason why life is making sense for you, life is meaningful, is because Jesus is your Lord and Savior. Sometimes we look at material things and certain things we want to get in the natural and we are lacking. And, you know, life is that, that you never get everything that you want in life. But you have a choice to always be grateful for what you have. You may not have what somebody else has. And the person may also not have something you also uniquely have. That's why you need to be grateful at any point in time, at any state in life for what God has given you. And if you are going to serve God and follow him deeply, we need to do so out of a sense of gratitude. Let's give out of gratitude. God has given us so much. The Bible said, if God spared not his own son, but gave him up freely unto us, how shall he not much more also give unto us freely all things? There's so much God has given us. And the, le the least we can do is reciprocate his love, his commitment to us, his sacrifice for us by also loving him. This woman was a deep follower because she understood she appreciated, she accepted very much what God accomplished for her through Christ. Number two, Mary Magdalene was a deep follower and we must also cultivate this attitude because she gave what was precious and valuable to God. Deep followers of God give their best shot to God. May I ask you tonight, are you giving your best shot to God? A lot of people debate on tithing when it comes to the subject of giving. That's where you know real Christians real Christians. You see, giving is a, one of the greatest expressions of devotion, loyalty, and faithfulness to God. If you are a genuine Christian, it will show in your giving. Your tithe or your checkbook is what reflects where your heart truly is. If you are debating on tithing, may I submit to you tonight that you are not likely to be a deep follower. Deep followers don't debate on Titan. Deep followers don't have a challenge Titan. In fact, Titan is the least deep followers do. You remember Abraham? He was called a friend of God. He was a deep follower. Deep follower. That's why he was called a friend of God. You know how he became a friend of God? He, he didn't become a friend of God because he was a Titan. He gave sacrificially to God. I like it when David said, you know David also, David, you remember, is described in scripture as a man after God's own heart. Amazing man. David said, I won't give anything to God that costs me nothing. What you are giving to God, may I ask you tonight, does it cost you something? The time you give to serve in your local church, does it cost you something? The money you give, do you give out of your surplus or you give like the way the Macedonian church gave? The Bible said, out of deep poverty, they were willing, they gave. Not as Paul and the other apostles hope. But they gave themselves first unto God and to them. Out of deep poverty they were given. The people who excuse themselves that they can't give because they are poor, they don't have much. It's simply because they don't love God. 
They don't love God. When you love God, and you are deeply in love with anyone, no matter how much it is you have, you are likely to share. You are willing, you lovingly share. Love is given. God so loved, God so gave. When we so love, we so give. Mary Magdalene came. An alabaster box. Theologians describe as a year's long wage. Oh, a, year, a whole year's salary. She used it to buy something valuable. And you would have thought that she would keep it on her shelf. She would be celebrating. And, no, she came to pour it on Christ. Something that nobody else had done. She poured it on Christ. That was something valuable, something precious. She poured it on Christ. Why? Because she saw that Jesus was of great value than the items. What's of value to you? Is it your money? Is it your job? Is it your children? Is it your time with Asna or Manchester? What is of great value to you? If your best team is playing, would you be able to abandon the game and go to church? That's what shows your priorities. That's what shows what's of great value to you. Deep followers of God, they don't just give what is left over. They give that which is precious, that which is valuable to God. The Bible said, gather my sins unto me, those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. May you come into a covenant of sacrifice with God. Don't serve God conveniently. Serve him sacrificially. And if you do, you will know that truly it pays to serve God. May you receive grace to serve God faithfully serve God sacrificially. Number three, deep followers of God maintain their first love for God. In the book of Revelation chapter one verse, chapter two verse one to five, scripture gives us, gives us an account of the Ephesian church and it's interesting. Take time and read it. The Ephesian church, the Bible says, I know your works, your patience and all of that. He gave great things about them but one thing he was not happy with was the fact that they had left their first love. Not so with Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene never lost her first love. Go through her story and you realize that she never lost her first love. Her first love was not to a thing. Her first love was not to the church. Her first love was Christ. Who is your first love? Sometimes people get so engrossed in church work that they forget. Pastors get so engrossed in ministry that we forget that Jesus is our first love. Who is your first love? Who is your first love? When you marry as a man or a, a wife, and after God has blessed you with children, if you don't take care, you may forget that your first love is your husband. Your first love is your husband. And until you put things in the right perspective, you have problems. Don't, dra- don't transfer you or the whole of your affection as a wife to your children. You need to make sure that the husband's own is kept because he's the source of the children. Out of the husband came the children. Out of your fellowship, out of your love union came the children. So if you take them, you make them replace whatever you are doing, you'll be making a mistake. A lot of people have made mistakes. We have used other things to replace our first love. Is Jesus your first love? You remember when you first got born again. Look at the things you used to do for your first love. You wake up, the first thing, is to share fellowship with God. The first thing is to uh, love God by worshiping him, praying to him, and fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. But today, when you wake up in the morning, you have other things on your mind. You are in a hurry to pursue other things other than Jesus, who is the most important. Listen, you must get back to your first love. He told them, 
All the things you are doing are great. But listen, as long as the first love is not in place, something fundamentally is wrong. Mary Magdalene never lost sight of it. She gave her best to her first love. You remember, all through her life, there is nothing Mary Magdalene enjoyed like the presence of God. That is one of the proofs of someone whose first love is intact. They enjoy the presence of God. In their personal devotion with God, they enjoy his presence. They, they just love to be with God. Anywhere God is, they are there. They enjoy coming to church. They enjoy sharing fellowship with the believers. They enjoy personal quiet time and devotion with God. They don't joke with things like that at all. That's their first love. When they are engaged in a conversation with their lover, nobody comes between. If it's a time of prayer, their phones are off. Why? Because they are giving undivided attention to their first love. Do you give God that kind of attention? Are you that committed to God? Are you that sold out to God? That's what Mary Magdalene did. She, Jesus remained her first love and her last love. That was it. For her, even when Jesus, the moment she encountered Jesus, you realize that she was with him all through. At the point of death, she went to the graveyard seeking for her first love. He said, I found him whom my soul loved. Badasa. Songs of Solomon, and I will not let him go. That was Mary. She found Jesus, whom her soul loved, and she will not let him go. Not even in death. May this be your may this be your hunger. May this be your desire. May this be your expectation also. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Is it not amazing that when Jesus rose from the dead, the first person he appeared to was Mary Magdalene? It wasn't Peter, it wasn't any of the apostles. The first person. Why? Because Mary kept her first love. She kept her first love in place. In the book of John chapter 14, verse 21, the Bible says, He who has my commandment and keeps them is he who loves me. And he who loves me shall be loved by my father. And he said, we, uh, I, will, I will come unto him. I will make my, manifest myself unto him. That's, that's what, I, I could not think of any other reason why Jesus would appear after death, burial, and resurrection, the first person he thinks of appearing to is a woman, not just any ordinary woman, but a woman who had a very unpleasant past, a very immoral past, a harlot for that matter. But this woman had learned to love Jesus in a way nobody else had loved him. Who is your first love? Is Jesus your first love? Where is your first love? For God? For the church? For the brethren? Where is your first love? Go back to it. Go back to it. Remember when you joined the church first? Ah, every service you were there. Even meetings which were not a part, you love to be there. David said, a day in your court is better than a thousand. You see, because you are losing your first love, COVID-19 has come and it's almost passing. And lockdowns have been lifted, but you are still at home. It's a sign that you are losing your first love. It's one of the sure signs. When you no longer feel an urge, a hunger, a panting to be in fellowship with the brethren and you are comfortably staying at home. Though you can be in church, you are comfortably staying at home and you are consoling yourself with the fact that you are watching on Facebook, you are watching on YouTube. Instead of being in fellowship with the brethren, it's a sign you are losing your first love. Facebook and YouTube are great platforms, but they never take the place of Practical fellowship, personal fellowship with the saints. The Bible says that let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves.
together as a manner of some is, but exalting one another. I pray that coming this Sunday, wherever you are, wherever you go to church and you are tuned into the broadcast, you will go to church. Nothing will stop you. Any part of the world where you are and the doors of the church are open. May you not stay at home any longer. In the name of Jesus. Number four, give followers of God. Seek God for who he is and not just for what he gives. Give followers of God. They seek God for who he is, not what he gives. We live in a generation of bread and butter Christians. Many people pursue God for what they can get and not for who God is to them. Who is God to you? Is he uh, like a, a vending machine that you go and pluck whatever you want and then you go spend it? No. God desires a relationship. The prodigal son took everything, but there was something that she couldn't, she, she didn't carry with her. So everything she took away became a waste. She carried things and lost the relationship. Listen, never sacrifice your relationship with God for things. God is a good God. The Bible said, charge them not that not rich in this world, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy? So God gives us things. But the things God gives us must never take the place of himself in our lives. Your value, your love for God must not be predicated on what God gives you. God gives you a car, great. God gives you a wife, great. God gives you a child, great. But listen, you don't relate to God because he gave you something. You relate to God because he's God. Because he's, he's good. Whether he gives you something or not, that is not what makes God God. Mary Magdalene pursued Jesus at a time where there was nothing to actually desire and look for. The man was a, I mean, who goes to hang around a dead person? What can a dead person offer you? That was Mary Magdalene. She went to Jesus. She go to, go to the scriptures. John chapter 20 verse 11 to 16. He was seeking Jesus. He said, where have you laid him? I want him. I want him. And I'm like, hey, this woman, what's wrong with you? You want Jesus? What are you going to do with him? He's, he's almost thinking, what are you going to do with him? But that was Mary Magdalene. She saw Jesus for who he was and not what he gave. Jesus actually gave this, had this to say about people who pursue him for things and not for himself. John chapter 6, verse 24 to 27. After he had multiplied the bread, some people came following. John 6, 24 to 27. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they also got into a ship and came to Capernaum seeking Jesus. Take note, they came seeking Jesus. And Jesus answered them and said, Most assuredly, I said to you, so verse 25, and when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, what, when did you come here? Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I said to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Why do you come to church? May I ask you tonight? Why do you go to church? Why do you pray? Most of us, our prayer meetings are itemized prayer meetings, material things. Not that we want to get deeper with God. You know, prayer is a, a very wonderful opportunity we have. It's a platform to receive but much more, it's a platform for fellowship. Fellowship. When your prayer becomes a platform for only receiving and not much of fellowship, something is fundamentally wrong with your spirituality. Dear followers, seek God for who he is and not what he gives. And amazingly, 
those who learn to see God and his kingdom first. The Bible says, all other things anybody can dream of, ask for, seek, shall be added unto you. I pray you will join the company of kingdom addicts. Kingdom addict who prioritize God above everything else. A generation of Christians for whom God comes first and before all else. May this be your testimony. May this be your experience. In the name of Jesus, anything that is holding you down, anything that is uh, preventing you from getting deeper with God, maybe there is something you are desiring from God, it does not come. And it has so much affected your relationship and the quality of your flow with God. I pray that today, may the joy of deep fellowship, may the joy of panting after God, may the joy of going hard after God, may that joy be yours tonight in the mighty name of Jesus. As I close, deep followers of God are inseparable from the love of God in Christ. They are inseparable. Nothing at all. The Bible says, who shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? Who? Who shall separate us? Who? Who shall separate us? This is Apostle Paul. Then he said, shall tribulation, that is Romans chapter 8 verse 35, shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, shall peril, shall sorrow. He said, who shall separate us? Now, all of these are things that will seek to separate you. Nothing. The word separate, I decided to check it in the Greek just before I came to the altar to minister. And I realized that that is the same word. It has implication or meaning like divorce. Who shall, separate, who shall divorce me from the love of Christ? Who shall separate me? Who shall divorce? Who shall make me divorce Christ? Some of us, it's only a moment of pleasure. Your boyfriend demands sex from you that if you don't give in, I will not marry you and that is enough for you to be separated from the love of Christ. You give up your relationship with God just for a moment of temporal pleasure. Some of us, it's persecution. We go through a little challenge and we go back on our commitment to God. Some of us, it's because a certain prayer has not been answered yet and you're almost contemplating quitting Christianity. Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? That was Mary Magdalene. Need not even death could separate her from the love of Christ. I don't think the woman uh, slept. The three days that Jesus was in the grave, I don't... Uh, read the account of the Gospels well, and you see that Mary Magdalene literally was restless all through the period that Jesus was in the grave. Such that on the first day of the week, she was the first person to go. When they, they, when they buried Jesus, she went to see where Jesus was laid. I mean, on the first day of the week, she was there. When Jesus was resurrected, she was there. She was standing there weeping. They have taken my Lord. I don't know where they laid him. And then Jesus appeared to her. Nothing could separate, not the stinking body of Jesus could separate Mary Magdalene from the love of Christ. The least you prayed, God has not answered or is yet to be answered. Is it enough? For you to now draw back on your commitment, you stop tightening, you stop fellowshipping, you stop giving because you don't understand what it means to be a deep follower. Deep followers, he says, many waters cannot quench love. Many waters cannot quench love. There are many evil waters that will seek to quench your love for God. And I pray that in this season, the Spirit of God will come upon you afresh. The grace of God will come upon you afresh. And anything that is seeking to squander and to quench your love for God, that thing shall be squashed in the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. 
May the grace of God keep you. May nothing be able to separate you from the love of God. May angels, principalities, witches, or wizards, whatever they are, may persecution, may perils, may sores, may famine, may joblessness, may nothing material or immaterial ever be able to separate you from the love of God. Receive grace to manifest these attributes as a deep follower of Christ. Mary Magdalene was a deep follower because, number one, we said, she accepted, understood, and appreciated very much what God has had accomplished for her through Christ. As deep followers, that's important. And then we said, number two, deep followers give what is precious and valuable to God. Number three, deep followers maintain their first love for God. God is their first love. Number four, deep followers seek God for who he is and not just what he gives. Number five, deep followers are eternally inseparable from the love of Christ. May this be your experience in the name of the Lord Jesus. Maybe you are tuning into the broadcast, you are just tuning in for the first time and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. He is yet to become your first love. This is an opportunity I don't take for granted at all to lead you to Christ and to make him your Lord. I want you to pray this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you for today. I bless you for the opportunity to hear your word. Thank you for the conviction of your spirit. I confess today that I'm a sinner. Much more, I confess that you died and resurrected to save me from my sin. I believe in my heart that you are the savior of the world. Be the savior of my soul from this minute. In Jesus' precious name. If you pray that prayer in faith, I am happy to announce to you, you are born again, you are a child of God, and you are a candidate for heaven. Nothing can stop you. Nothing can be able to keep you away from eternity with God. We want to hear from you and to help you develop and become robust in your work with God. Help us to help you. What do you do? Just send us a mail through the mail you see. Send us a, a WhatsApp. And let's have your contact details so we can follow up on you and share fellowship with you. If you are in Kumasi, I recommend this church to you greatly. This is a place where we connect people to God to know him better, live life better, and impart their world better. We have two other branches in the city and the city of Accra. If you are in Accra too, you can locate us in Adenta. Get there and share fellowship with other believers. Any part of the world where you are, get into a word-based, Bible-believing, Jesus-exalting, Holy Spirit-filled church, and then allow yourself to be built and developed. God will you bless you. Pastor Afraqua has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. To get a copy of this message and other messages, as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa, please call 0540-122-670 or email us at faithhousechapel at yahoo.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also visit our website, www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. 7 a.m. first service, 8.30 a.m. second service, and 10 a.m. our third service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service at 6 p.m. at our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santa's Runabout, Kumasi. God richly bless you.